You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. All right, everybody, this is Luke with Owl's Oil, and we're here for our first show. Here today is the man behind the amazing elixirs that Owl's has, and has quite the story to tell about how we got to this point. And Madhava is probably um, one of the most unique people I know when it comes to formulating with different plants. Is probably the best way to put it in the most unscientific way. But I'll uh, I'll let Madhava just uh, jump in here and uh, give us a little bit about how we ended up coming to this point now. <laughs> Well, thank you, Luke. Um, it's really been an honor working with Owl's Oils and having that creative um, like outlet and expression for the work I've been doing much of my life with uh, design with plant medicine, beginning with raw foods and formulating different chai and energy drinks and energy bars and then getting into the cannabis world and seeing that a lot of people really didn't have much thoughtfulness in how they would um, assist the cannabinoids in coming to their fullest expression with other catalysts and other plants and other flavors and spices. And I saw very, um, a main, a main focus just on the actives, which in the same way in the cannabis market, if people only focus on THC and they're not thinking about the miners and the terps and the whole experience, it's really, um, it's not a full spectrum medicine. And that's really what, um, you know, in working with um, one of the things we put in our formulas, the spagyrics, they embody full spectrum on a whole level of alchemy that is like resisted by a lot of people more unconventional. But when people taste the spagyrics and they experience the strong soul level connection of the oils, the the salt, which is the really unique thing, they calcinate, they take the um, plant fibers after they extract them and the alcohol, the alcohol is a spirit. Mm -hmm. And so um, those are calcinated and those uh, cell salt powders are reintroduced into the whole formulation. Like uh, I think it's uh, Sparo is like the, to um, take apart mm -hmm. and then Ajira is um, to recombine. Mm. So it's this whole process in alchemy of taking something apart and making it better than it was before the way that like in Raku pottery, you know, the crack is part of the whole design of it. There's a, a quality and extraction when you can take, and this is really some of the blessings of the modern cannabis world. Some of the things have been really been lost in the connection to the plant and growing it and processing it. And I think it's my goal to see that people are more, actually present both with the plant and the processing to understand that plants and humans have a feedback loop when you're in a really stressed state of mind and mm -hmm. you're working with formulating medicines drying processing all of these things especially a cannabis plant that's so sensitive with all its alkaloids all of the different you know um, properties the terps these things are very um, sensitive to the conditions that they're in you know, the heat, the lighting, all of that. So we, we know that from curing, but being able to be present with the whole extraction process, it was a new standard that the spagyric alchemy brings in to both with herbs and there's, you know, some new spagyric cannabis products coming out and that's definitely something for the future. So just so everyone 
understands of basically this process, the spagyrex process is you extract all of the oils and then there's like a burning process, mm. right? Where what is left behind, which would be your biomass or your flour or whatever that is, um, is then burned and combined back together. At a very high heat until it's a white powder. Mm -hmm. Okay, until it's a white powder. And then that is recombined back with the oil after the fact. with the oils and the the spirit principle is the alcohol extraction that breaks in. These are very high concentration of alcohol, generally um, organic. And even different times of the month that the um, planets are that rule over the different plants is mm-hmm. when they're extracted. So there's, um, there's a lot of um, more unique esoteric things within this pejaric extraction. I think what sold it to me was the experience, both of the oils and the flavor, and feeling that like I had taken many herbs for long periods of time and never really had that awe of their fullest um, expression um, in... Uh, as far as the terpenes profiles go, there was not that accentuation in, in the alcohol extraction. So it really opened a lot of doors. And then working with certain things like rose and saffron and lotus that are a lot more aromatic and sandalwood. Some of these pagyrics are just like you take one or two drops and you're just kind of in awe of the, uh, the flavor that is um, captured in a way that um, it's a full-bodied relationship versus, you know, only seeing a photograph of someone, only having a scent, a scent a catch of their smell. There's, there's a quality when you have all of the qualities of the plant together that you feel, I think, humans innately can have that connection with plants and food. But we're in this modern world so desensitized from perfumes and from all of the different from artificial lighting, from not being barefoot in the earth, all of the basic modern things that contribute to our stress levels make us numb and connecting to plants. When we're numb and connecting to plants, we overuse or don't use them enough. We mm. get very, um, should we say, disconnected and we think, oh, other people have to tell me how to use it. I can't figure it out. When humans are really innately connected to their bodies, they take a medicine, they register right away. Oh, wow, this feels like an ally, something that my body is responding well to. Other people, if they're really conditioned by media and other people's experience, they will just ignore any signs from their body and take something because someone said it or is supposed to be good or put you know, too many different things together in a combination because they're, you know, they're responding to health in an intellectual basis instead of a resonant connection. And that's really what I believe the ancient herbalists, the indigenous people, when people connect to plants, it's a bit of the chemistry and intuition put together. Because mm. when I'm formulating, if I have all of the science and understanding of like what, what the formula is, but I'm not really listening the plants themselves of exactly how they need to be combined to achieve the goal of the formula then there's there's a element missing it's just working with the left side of the brain so it's always important when working with knowing the science of what you're dealing with and knowing the safety protocols all of that stuff and then being able to actually i'd say connect into the tradition of herbalism that has mystic roots it has connection to indigenous people that have passed this wisdom down for thousands of years that I believe 
has gotten a bit lost in the modern world. So it's not just about holistic model versus a Western model, but how do you incorporate what we've learned through science over these years, but actually drop deep to respect our ancestors and some of the more simple wisdom that we get lost into high-tech ignorance when it gets to a certain point, if you know what I mean. Mm. I, um, I know you were talking about resonance there, and there's definitely something to be said about when you can combine different plants and different elements together. And I mean, when we did those elixirs, I mean, even trying them before there was cannabinoids introduced, definitely gave um, a strong feeling. And uh, yeah, it was, it was very impressive, honestly. And I, I saw know- you in those videos, like you could hear it in your voice that there's something that... I, I believe ultimately too, this, this is definitely bordering on more of the mystical stuff, is that when you are doing a batch of medicine, like this has happened with you know making cannabis medicines, mushroom medicines, you are working with a large batch, you're connecting to the potentiality to share this medicine with a lot of people. So there's something where I say the spirit of the plant if you're open, can be working with you to be conscious, intuitive, and connected to it so that your work might be beneficial to them. So there's like an overseeing force. And I felt this both with cooking as well. When I'm cooking for a big festival, when I was younger, I used to cook for big festivals. But there's this feeling like you got to be on your game. If you screw up, all these people won't eat tonight or, you know, yeah. all the, this, the medicine that these people need won't be in the highest caliber if you're not aware on a on a really clear and that was an amazing thing with Delta Eight. It was just like I was so concerned about. Oh gosh, I got a you're cannabis. You're a big fan edible. of Delta Eight. I'm a, I'm, you're a I'm, big fan of Delta Eight. A big fan of Delta Eight. I mean, it's. I'll get into that story later if you want. But um, yeah, the the whole process of working with plants, you have to be able to. I believe, just like any yin yang Taoist uh, principle, find the active masculine quality which is the intellectual understanding of all of the science of it and then take that pause where you really go into more the feminine the receptive the resonance quality and that's where there's more of the magic where there's a quality that when you formulate when you bring medicines to the public there's that nurturance and connection to the art of service that if people don't have and they're only profit driven and they're only like, oh, we got the best, highest levels of this, this and this, there's this disconnect in the medicine. I've had this so many times with people that think their medicine is the best because of, you know, their stats and because of maybe a certain external taste that they might achieve that people like. But there's something that can be dead in it if they don't have the right atmosphere in their lab and their production if they got people in the management that are really stressing out and 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 that goes into the product i say people do not notice the energetics and things unless they're really good or really bad if they're just medium people people won't really notice most of the time unless they're really sensitive but when things are really high class and everyone and and this really is true for you as ceo as being able to run the thing is that when you have a a conductive 
inspiration, momentum within the company, it gets contagious, the sales go up, the quality of the products is better, the service is better, all your stars pop. Sure. Because there's a connection that they feel from you, authentic enthusiasm. And if you can't, if you get stressed and can't uh, like process it and you're stressed with one person, then that could be like a rippling effect. So it's like that quality of self-responsibility no matter what planets are going on astrologically as, as you know I've, we've done astrology together there's all the influences we have and then there's that most powerful force of self-responsibility when you really anchor into your purpose into your goals into your highest self and you go i'm going to give it my best if it's not destined it won't yes, but you have that momentum and that's and that's the force I think for a lot of people, I can say myself, got kind of crushed in 2020. There's this quality of, uh, of a fear that, oh, our spirit and our individuality and our ability to thrive has to contract because of people's survival fears, because of this, this, and this externally, I have to settle for less. There was this contraction that happened. So I feel like what a lot of people are doing this year is they're they're feeling empowered then there's changes in the game like, oh well, i have to integrate for this change i have to integrate with this and so it's that quality of being able to be grounded focused with your goals and understand that we're in a place there's a new marketplace both within the hemp market within many aspects of our economy there's a new way of doing business just running companies if you want the momentum of people enthusiastic to work a lot of people are just going living on their uh stimulus checks and whatever sure. you know so unemployment so it's like to get people really inspired people have to feel your momentum and i believe i mean i don't know if you're enforcing this i'd say you kind of have to have people selling it and then are making it taking the products on a weekly basis or at least something where they they actually got the connection if they're if they're not people that take any kind of products different but i'm just saying there's something about i believe when you have a company that the products are like um, imbibed, they're going to be selling themselves because people feel the conductivity of them. I mean, I could hear it in your voice when you're talking about the tinctures. You had a different tone of voice. You were really pumped in this whole new way. You know, and it's like the medicines really have that. They actually adjust your voice, I've noticed, for some people when they're either deficient in minerals. I'm not, I can't say I'm exactly sure on the science of why this happens, but I've noticed this a lot with some of the best superfoods, herbal tonics, that people drop into a space of their authentic voice and it's something that's really noticeable. I've seen it a lot for for people, but um, we should go over some of the products that- uh, Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about these elixirs. There you go. Um, and I also want to touch on the agarwood. Right? Uh, that's, that's also something that I think is extremely uh, important and uh, really sort of tells the journey. So why don't we start at like... All right, let's start with the agarwood. Let's okay. start with the agarwood. Well, <laughs> well, agarwood is really... Um, it's, it's a magical... Um, I call it a... It's nature's vaccine. It really is a strange substance like that. It's a tree that grows all over Asia, and on certain uh, like longitudinal ley lines, there's places where really potent um, agar wood is grown, and it's, it's only found when it's like as real agar wood when it's infected 
by this fungus that attacks it in the jungle. Tropical 10%, fungus. A tropical fungus. <laughs> the plant's immune system reacts to it in a way, and it's all different all over Asia, in a way that explodes with this amazing aromatic oil that defends mm. the tree. And the tree like contorts and has all these strange, beautiful shapes. And this resin grows all through it. And then it's some of the times, you know, well, it dies after it's this really strange, like aromatic tree. And this wood sells up for $3 million a kilo. The really high grade, they call it kanam. It's like the crack of agarwood. So I didn't get any of that. We got some nice wood. We got some really high quality oil. The key was, was working on this vape pen project. That's, I don't know if it's a top secret, but anyways, we, we have um, some VIP owls stuff that's gonna be in the cooker with the, with the agar wood. But it's um, every bit of agar wood and every bit of the oil is unique and different. Even just like the same piece of wood, each part of it is gonna be different and unique. So it has a, should we say, terpene experience of aroma that is the only thing I'd say trumps or matches cannabis. It's something that mm. it's really um, like, the unique thing about it is that I can't say with cannabis is that the older it gets, the better it gets. So it ages like wine. So that's what's sure. very unique. Maybe about. like some sauce or diamonds or something to leave it in a freezer or something <laughs> like that. But yeah, so what I'll, what I'll say to Augerwood in Delta 8, which is really interesting, was is that in 2020, when I got the um, Delta 8 project in my lap and had never taken it before, and I was getting in this place where COVID was just kicking in and I was just like, oh, I don't want to be like, super high every day doing dealing with these edibles i was like oh i agreed to this project i was just kind of nervous because i was just like mm -hmm. i have to take a lot of what is this delta eight stuff i was just a little skeptical and i started realizing that every time i would test the delta eight i would feel calmer and clearer and have this this buzz that was it was almost like if you don't smoke but once a week or once a month and you have some really good sativa in the morning mm. time and you're really just super pumped and inspired, it's like that sort of quality of enthusiasm and that focus and there wasn't any of the brain fog. It wasn't like this paranoia of, you know, like smoking a joint and then by 11, 12 o'clock, low blood sugar, you know, you got some things done, you got a lot more to do, you haven't eaten yet. I've gotten in those situations a lot over the years and I realized with the Delta, it's like it's good for your appetite. You feel this quality of accomplishment follow through, which I don't feel in Delta 9, hardly at all. Some people got it with that, but for me, it's easy to talk about more than get things done with Delta 9. So what was the only thing that was missing in my experience was I like the aroma of the plant. I really like connecting with the aroma of the plant. So mm. when I took the Delta, I was like, oh, I'll spend whatever money I would spend normally on an herb and get some oud and burn agar wood. And I, I got the connection to so the- So oud is the excretion of the agar wood, right? Oud is oud the excretion is the, of the agar yeah, wood. And so what, the... it, what it did, basically I had a year of 98% cut down in smoking. And I, and I really liked the fact that I smoked whenever I wanted to, when a friend was around, I felt like connecting and bonding with them, but it wasn't perpetual up-down dopamine crash. I just kind of got bored of it after 30 years. So now it's something where like, if there's good a good quality joint with some friends in the right situation, I'm up to it, but I don't have the same like up and down 
crash cycle that d9 for me is that and that's the part that i think is is addictive and makes it less of a medicine and there's no down with delta eight for me it's not like oh there's no delta in my system i'm down i'm spacey i'm sure there's no sort of side effect for delta nine but i think it's definitely like they all have their place they all have it, their place and it's 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 definitely like that it's just something where, when i had like this understanding that I was like looking at a lot of information about COVID. I was in that space where I was prone to a little bit more anxiety than usual. I thought mm -hmm. maybe I'll smoke a little bit more. And then it was like the Delta hate came in and I was like, I just dropped it. I forgot about smoking. It was really weird because I was habitually used to it. And I just kind of dropped out of my life and I took the Delta and felt like this uh, enthusiasm and this connection. Re-energizing. Well, yeah. And I also saw working with it as a medicine I felt inspired at how many people I was going to help with it that were going to be wanting, like, needing the medicine for stress relief, but not wanting to get weighed down because it felt like there's a lot of shit to do this year. I got to really get my scene in order, polish things up, give it my fullness. I don't have time for, like, distractions. So I think that was something that I got inspired seeing so many people who... You know, and it wasn't like for me about being this non-smoker was I judging you were smoking. It was it was coming from that place of wanting to help people that either didn't want to smoke as much or they wanted a different experience or they're my friends that don't use any THC that mm. just loved my saffron yeah. and my uh, elderberry. And then they're like, oh, this Delta 8's nice. It's not like uh, smoking a joint. It's a little different. You know, so it was many of my non-smoker friends, including my mom, who ended up becoming a giant Delta 8 fan. And, and how old is your mom? My mom is, oh, what is she? She's 64 now. Yeah. No, Anyways, so she's become a big Delta, starting off at a quarter of a capsule the first couple weeks she wouldn't take Just it open up was, a capsule and put it yeah yeah in. a little bit and she would totally feel that and i was like mom you feel a quarter capsule it was like yeah it, it calms me down and i was like okay well just a little bit more help the arthritis pain <laughs> you know so now she takes a full capsule and Yeehaw. very happy with, with that and it's this process now she's been cutting down sleeping pills because she has insomnia so it's this she, she's phasing out that and phasing up delta eight and it's really working and you know it's just certain people that are like heavy indica smokers i've only had a couple friends that really didn't vibe with the delta and they're people that only want the heavy knock me out high and that's fair a lot of people their job their life they you know it's not what they want but there's many people that you know like my aunt she loves the delta she works in the emergency room in new york's uh New Jersey like hospital and she's been through the whole COVID thing and so she was taking eating edibles at work sometimes just to deal with the stress but it's like with the Delta it's like she's a lot more uh, functional and you know professional I guess you could say all right so we jump into the uh, what what uh, elixir should we go into first I think it's important to talk about the saffron the saffron, ah, the saffron. The saffron. Is. All right, so we've well, got three elixirs. The saffron has the most of a story behind it. Okay. So we've got three elixirs. We've got the elderberry, we've got the saffron, yeah. and then we've got the, I like calling it the cherryberry cacao. Cherryberry cacao, the, and it's it's really the mushroom one. It's a chocolate, chocolate mushroom chocolate cherryberry cacao. It's a lot yeah. in that. But so obviously we've been working on this for ages. Uh, Tell us about some of the ingredients. Let's start with, let's start the saffron. Start with the saffron, okay. The saffron I created, probably one of the most stressful 
there's two stressful times. The earthquakes, we had major earthquakes for Where like in the world straight. are we first? Bali. Of all, We're right? in Bali. Okay. Bali okay. has Bali. an active I'm born in Hawaii with an active volcano. Bali's mm-hmm. volcano is like ten times more explosive and potent than uh, from the Hawaiian Islands. So anyways, the Balinese volcano, Mount Agong, was starting to um, steam like let off ash mm-hmm. and there was I was getting headaches. There was this like feeling that this volcano could explode like it did like 50 years ago and we could all be screwed. We're, the plane stopped flying because the ash, you know, I'd actually eventually leave off through Java. But there was this quality and I was like, I've always been this herbalist that when there's a certain stressful experience, I formulate a tea, a formula for the time for the people in the moment. And so at this time I was like, we really need like an anti-anxiety, bring some serenity in. So I decided to make a serenity time. And this was to bring in solar frequencies, like the, the sun, the spirit, the, in the alchemy, it's like the soul level, the oils. So the saffron is like the bright color of the sun. It, mm. Saffron has powerful antidepressant, serotonin enhancing qualities. It, strengthens the eyes and the liver and reproductive organs. It has a quality that is used for dieters, for not binging and uh, excessive eating, excessive uh, addiction. Saffron has a quality that when you taste good saffron and you get the saffron, all the crocin, picocrocin, the three main active compounds in it, mm-hmm. you get this quality of satiation. And it's a really unique thing to sell people satiation in some ways, but our world is one of the biggest things, especially in the Western culture. We constantly have to have hyper stimulation of everything. And then even like for instance on YouTube, you have to make every title clickbait because it won't get seen. So everything in this world is built on that. And when you take some saffron, there's this pause, this divine pause that people experience where it's just like, I'm in resonance with things. I'm in the flow. Things aren't that bad. There's a way out through any of my problems. I can reroute. Neuroplasticity comes in where you can actually, you know, have epigenetics and redo, undo some of the spells from your family ancestry that cause disease. There's a lot of things that happen when you combine the properties of delta eight liposomal and this saffron formula. As far as any of the formulas, I could speak on the saffron the most because in my experience giving it to people, there's this break out of a spell of depression, of anxiety, like almost instantly for a lot of people. It's just something that the Manuka honey, of course, the honey gets things to the bloodstream quick. We have something that's probably the most esoteric and mystical it's single molecular gold which of course solar as well connected to the sunlight monoatomic gold it's called ormus and it's something that many people make ormus i'm not an ormus maker myself but this ormus according to how it's made if it's made from pure gold is one of these substances that's like super fine and light and has this sensitivity both to emf fields to people's consciousness, it's almost like a lot mm-hmm. because it has this, and it's ridiculously expensive. And I kept on trying to find a cheaper one. I was like, no, this is, he won't want it, we won't. And I was like, no, it has to stay in the formula. It's ridiculously expensive, but it amplifies, it brings this quality, I'd say, of programming to it. Well, the saffron has this opening connection to like our consciousness and a level of inspiration. The, um, 
monoatomic gold amplifies it. This is like the solar foundation. Then we have the blue lotus. The blue mm. lotus is the mystic. There's a comparison of Krishna as being like a blue lotus. This quality of blue lotus has this seductive, almost mysterious and um, playful, sensual quality. And I'd say it's one of these things both in like the Egyptian and Hinduism, there's this divine pause that's in the blue lotus as well, just like saffron. So even though they're very different, one's like day and night, so to speak, the blue lotus has this more like uh, mystical, uh, dark quality, whereas the saffron and the gold are very light. Together, their marriage and alchemy is this eclipse and this synergy that people feel, as I said, this uh, quality of presence, of a serenity that comes in that I mean, on its own, as you said, it stands amazing. I've been selling this formula for a couple of years before I got it to, to Owls. As, and I was selling it actually sometimes for $100. I'd make it very potent. So it's like, it's a very potent formula without any medicinals in it. And then, oh, the other thing that's in it is a little bit of, um, I think, ashwagandha we have in this one. Mm -hmm. And then spalanthes. Spalanthes leaves a little tingle on the tongue. So it's, it's kind of like, what is that? Well, some people feel it, some people don't. But Spilanthes is related to Echinacea. It's a natural antibiotic plant. But it adds a little electricity to the formula. While it has all of these soft, sweet, uh, sensual qualities of the saffron, this dark, mysterious lotus, this electricity from the um, Spilanthes flower. And it, it numbs your tongue if you eat the flowers straight. It's a very unique plant. Bring some more. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's pretty much the, the saffron formula. And in general, what the formulas have is a fusion between the sweetness and the alcohol. So it's not overly alcoholic and not overly sweet, which is almost one of my signatures in formulation because I would always get the alcohol-free ones that were this goopy glycerin mm -hmm. that is just messy. It spills all over you a lot of the times. It just doesn't really have much life force behind it. Or you get straight alcohol, which some of the times I'm fine on. Some of the times the herbs are like whether for children or you want it to be, well, not so they don't pay for these, but you want it to be a little bit more um, more sweet and not so overbearing that the al straight alcohol can be, especially when you're using high concentration. So a lot of the formulas, you know, have about an equal balance of the, of the organic um, glycerin and the Manuka honey, and then some of the organic. What's alcohol. this MGO rating that uh, we have for honey? Okay, so for this, people who don't know. this there's three different ones in in order to confuse you more. So it's really one of these things where there's three different aspects to um, Manuka's um, medicinal qualities, antibiotic qualities, and. Honestly, I can't remember which each one which they stand for, and there's all different number ratings. So sometimes you have a big number rating, and one of them, oh wow, it's a big number, but you're comparing it to the other one that's a small. This company is actually a, a good friend of mine's, good friend in Germany, and when I tasted it, when I felt the, um, you know, the potency of it, and definitely the numbers are high. I think, and the, the MGO. You know, like what's up? What so? What is the MGO or this the rating? It goes up to what? Like because I think, I think it goes to eight hundred for this one or a thousand, and the ones generally in the stores can be around two fifty. So these are definitely on the more potent side, and you know, 
the manuka honey, it really, it helps like preserve the shelf life for it. Cause you know, I, I've tested this. I give it to my friends and they have it sit in their car in Maui in the desk for a bit. And then I'll like, uh, I'll take it like two months. Hey, let me try it. Like, you know, it's like, it's pretty solid shelf life. Cause the manuka is like really um, perfect for extending shelf life as well as having coating the back of your throat with it, with the elderberry one. You want to get in the elder? Yeah, let's uh, get into the elderberry. It's just this violet tart just amazing uh well I'll, I'll tell you elderberry is it's always been one that i've appreciated but until i got the standard of this 64 to 1 i think it's austrian it's wild crafted elderberry that i'd say next to tumor you know it's more of a hassle to work with than turmeric extract as far as in the lab in the kitchen mm -hmm. because the antioxidants in this shit is just like ridiculous. It stains your counter if you don't hit it with soap right away and scrub really hard. The mm. antioxidants are so like your fingers get, you gotta scrub them with the Brillo to get it off. It really has such a, a potency, this, um, this high quality elderberry. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, we got a base one on a super antiviral that really is perfect for the throat. You know, even if you're not liking that worry, I'm worried about getting sick or anything like that. It's just a nice th thing to have to coat the throat. And then we add some of uh, the coated silver to it. It's a, a form of silver that's the most stable. It's a seven-year shelf life. It's um, really potent. Um, the company I work with, Shilajit, uh, sells that. So it's like a top-branded uh, silver. We add um, really good quality, fresh 100% pomegranate, organic pomegranate juice. Um, and then the raspberry, 100% freeze-dried raspberry. This is, this is really big because, honestly, it's a lot easier to use natural flavors. And I'd say 90 to 95% of people in the industry are going to not hassle with staining the kitchen, get, making all these tinctures, and they're just going to use a, a drop or two of natural flavor, and it's going to be raspberry flavor, watermelon flavor. And it's easy to do that in certain things. It's for that market, but when you want to do elixirs that really have the fruit come alive, the herbs come alive, you have to have a different standard for that. And so this is, you know, this is exciting to be able to have a um, elderberry immune formula that people can really feel and they can see it. They put a little squirt of it in their drink. It's like explosive purple. Yeah, it's really, uh, it, it's it's really something that perks you up with the Delta Eight. Yeah, it is something very sativa. I feel like it's much more sativa, energizing. Yeah, um, and I think in, in flavor, everyone loves that. Sometimes the, yeah. the saffron people, the effects are like hands down are just. The well, best. it's a very. It's, it's a different it's effect. It's a very some feminine people, one for some people because it's a sensual taste that's very unusual. It's a little Middle Eastern, but you know, with the saffron one. If people were to put it, like, if they're more normal, they put it in a, a soda, it won't taste as much, or even in a fruit drink, it will, it gets hidden very easily in a lot of other flavors. So if people want the benefits of it uh, psychologically, I'd say the saffron one has a really powerful calming quality. If you have a little lemon, lemon ginger, coconut water, the saffron one won't be, you won't feel the, if you take it straight, you'll, get a lot more of the aromatics out of it. If they don't want the aromatics, you can put it with uh, you know, a soda or some ginger ale or you know, something like that. It's still one of those ones that 
even if you can get by the taste, people will feel the effects of it. But the tastes are. Insti- do you think? Do you effects. think that uh, effects trump flavor? No, it, it's a synergy between the two. If something tastes really bad and it's traumatic to taste, even if it's supposed to be an aphrodisiac, a brain tonic, an energy enhancer, if your psychological reaction to that taste is so bad, it's very difficult to get the full effect of the energy of these herbs. It's almost like you invite them to party and then you show up and you scream at them and you're like, what are you, what are you doing here in my place? You know, it's like something where there's an overshadowing of things if you're, you know, using extreme dosage of things. But when you're working with a normal dosage of therapeutic herbs and you make it, and it, or not just making it taste bad, if you make it too many herbs, too many flavors, there's the quality of, like especially something like saffron. But if, if the herb can't really have a dominance in the formula, and it gets really lost in too many. You know, there are people that offer you a smoothie and you ask what's in it, and there's like 40 different ingredients, and it's like, whoa, it's like too much going on here. Mm-hmm. You have a sip and you feel like everyone's stomach ache because it's like too confusing. So a lot of people, they do that with blends. They want to put the kitchen sink in it because they don't understand alchemy. It's like thinking that you throw 100 musicians on stage and they're going to make great music together. They might individually be great musicians, but when you put too many elements based on an intellectual assumption of their properties it's the most stereotypical western like utilization of one degree of knowledge without understanding the dynamics of interaction like same as employees you put too many employees in the same room together that are very different natured and you're like you all gotta get along but you know you got a lot more problems when you put the wrong people together for too long a shift, you know? It's like there's dynamics of combination that when they're not acknowledged, you don't get the same results that you should with a more simple formulation or just a a pure... And the whole thing of alchemy is, is separating and recombining. So it's not about leaving everything supernatural undisturbed all the time. It's about learning how to combine things so it has a natural resonance with what we can understand and and digest and assimilate without overwhelming our system. Like, for instance, a perfume, a cologne, the hyper-stimulation of that scent triggers all of this cortisol fear in in the body. All of the endocrine system can freak out Mm -hmm. because... It's taking a scent that we know and then putting it on steroids. And now you can just use Delta 8 and just, you know, count the fuck down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really been something that came out of nowhere. And I really do think that it's been a gift. It's been a gift that that Delta 8 is actually legal and... uh, I think and it's I think saving it the cannabis in- industry from a dark, deep burnout and recycling the same mentality that the pharmaceutical industry has without the um, enthusiasm, awareness of what I believe like the epigenetic neuroplasticity qualities that 
microdosing psilocybin has, and many things that are tonic herbs like shilajit, like cisandra, herbs that have a quality that are double directional and that they, they, they help you like delta aid sleep. If you need sleep, they can give you energy, like especially the liposomal when you're in need of energy. And these things that have innate intelligence, we can work with in a way that is, it's, it's very different than the way a lot of drugs like caffeine, for instance, go. You take caffeine, you know what the effects are gonna be. With like very predictable like that. Some of the times with the Delta A, it's very interesting because my mind says, okay, you need some energy. Maybe the Delta will give you energy, but my body really needed to relax. I didn't need to work, so I take it and realize, oh, I really gotta chill out. I can, I can actually prioritize um, that I need to just do some yoga. I need to chill out for a bit and I can take care of this later. But I, I, I'm thinking that it's gonna do one thing but it overrides of what my body's needs are versus what my mind wants. And so that's like, it's almost like, wow, it knows better than me, the whole endocannabinoid system overrid my mental intelligence, oh, I gotta get work done. But whether it is gonna have a uh, sleepy, relaxing effect or an energizing, it's all dependent. If I'm well rested and I'm, you know, feeling really up already and I'm going to town to do a million errands, I used to think, oh, any cannabis product will be like, oh, be overwhelming or I won't be able to be as functional. What I notice is I actually have more ability to make authentic but semi-mundane conversation with people, not be crazy alchemist all the time, and be able to like connect with the world, relate to it on a level that isn't like if I were to smoke and go to town, it's like, oh God, the world's so fucking crazy. You know, there's this quality of tolerance on a level of like, I'm gonna make the best of, and this is really why I feel that the Delta is the blessing that came at the same time as COVID-19 and the whole lockdowns, is because people really need to be super clear and functional for the responsibilities that we have to knowing the decisions both in our personal life and our business life. So there's this clarity that's demand, demanded in most people's lives and this need for greater stress relief simultaneously. So I think that when people discover Delta 8, even whether they smoke or not, it takes sometimes people a little bit more use of the Delta to understand how it's how it works when you're used to smoking and not taking edibles. A lot of people I know like that. And when they really find the right dosage, it can be something that is like, there's this grace and this smooth stress filter that I think for people. And a lot of people that don't smoke at all, like my mom, when she discovered that she could drive, she could function, she could actually do all her responsibilities, it was this whole breaking of this assumption that, oh, if I take any cannabis product, I have to stay in the house. I can't be around people. I'll get too weird. You know, she had all these beliefs around it that got mm -hmm. completely undone. So let's uh, let's talk about the cherry cherry berry yeah. cacao. Okay. And uh, this this almost like a two. It's like two flavors. The way it hits at the start with the cherry, and then it finishes on the chocolate. Mm -hmm. It's like, and then you got a little so bit of mushroom amazing. taste in the background too, because. We got some chaga there. We got um, uh, spagyric you know, chaga. We got the reishi and we got the lion's mane, some brain and immune mushrooms, adaptogen, chaga's anti-tumor, really potent immune tonics. And so the chocolate, 
the chocolate is real cacao and this I gotta say was a hassle being able to figure out exactly how to get it in the right thickness so there's enough flavor most everyone uses chocolate flavor and it's just very uh, devoid of personality so we ended up um, being able to get the right berry chocolate flavor with um, the mushroom overtone and I'm really happy with it that one was was one that took a little bit of fine-tuning to get uh, to get right um, but it's got really potent uh, uh, I think it's got the ashwagandha as well as the medicinal mushrooms. Yeah, I gotta say we've, the review team has been able to give us a lot of good feedback, and um, honestly, it's all been solid feedback. Yeah. You know, everything has been. And cherry is also we use a um, I think it's the bitter cherry that's a really potent anti-inflammatory as well. So the cherry berry is really good for pain as well, well as you know, you know, relaxation and all the other benefits from Delta 8. Nice. So immunity and anti-inflammatory. So tell us, where did you, how did you come to know all this information, right? Like you, so you said you were uh, so from a, Hawaii. I got, I got a family a history that's, uh, should we say. What's it like in Hawaii? Because I come from Ireland. Ireland's very similar to Hawaii. Small little island. Never did I realize that it, it is small, but you know, we've done a lot for such a small country. Well, I was kind of separated at birth from Hawaii, so I got this unique fusion of the Hawaii aloha spirit with New York attitude. My parents took me to New York after two months old. So it's an interesting fusion, and I'm really happy with it in some ways, because there's a level of education I got in the East Coast and a certain streetwiseness that maybe, you know, wouldn't have in, uh, you know, in the islands. But my dad was really into herbalism and never really got it to the point that his father, who was a brain surgeon, uh, wanted him to take it to. So I knew I had to upgrade the professionalism. My parents were hippies living in a treehouse on the beach in Hawaii. So that's the, <laughs> that's the bottom line. And uh, yeah, so I have had a entrepreneurial nomadic lifestyle a lot of my life working designing spas restaurants product lines all throughout Bali Thailand Indonesia Australia and then working in the West but I've had this quality of really appreciating being able to go into different cultures and bring my formulation skills herbal knowledge creating all these exotic elixir bars and things and that's been pretty rewarding but working with owls now is nice because it's settling into bring some of my best formulas in a steady uh, steady flow to the public in an industry that desperately needs real high-quality therapeutic-grade products. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Well said. Well said. Um, yeah, I think it's been extremely amazing to see these elixirs really come to life, see the feedback, see that the amount of work that's gone into them has also gotten them quite a bit of attention. And um, again, it looks like that the energy, it's like the energy you put in, there's a lot of work, there's a lot of energy from each of those plants. And uh, with the DAs, it just gives this uh, clarity. And I wanted to also say something about the liposome. Well, I'm really, I'm, I'm. So liposome for everyone also just nano, nano delta H. It's, it's really something that I like the regular Delta 8, but there's, there's a quality of enthusiasm and inspiration 
And I really believe that the neuroplasticity, this ability to find new solutions to old problems. Like my mom, when, when I call her these days, she's like, I, I redid my whole porch and fixed the solar lighting and did all these projects I procrastinated thanks to the Delta 8. So there's this quality of not being stressed with routine work, but finding some ability to have some enthusiasm to reroute things that you're doing that aren't optimal. It's kind of like hacking some of the systems that maybe you're tired of or frustrated. And I've seen this in both my formulation in working with it, um, you know, as a formulator, there's a certain point in time where I, I go, okay, what does it really need? And do the final touches. And the Delta 8 liposomal, because I, I believe it's because it doesn't um, hit your liver. And regardless of how healthy you think your liver is, we all have a lot of poisons in this day and age. And when something can be um, that we're used to with cannabis, you know, being filtered through the liver, going straight into the into the bloodstream and affecting us psychologically without the crash, it just has a quality that opens the doors for so many people who don't take cannabis because they like. I'm very clear. I have to stay functional, but shit, this has been a stressful week, stressful year. Um, they need something to be able to modulate and filter their stress while having peak functionality, and that's what I. I'm excited to be able to share with those sort of people that, you know, they're looking for something that's a nootropic and they don't realize that cannabis is yet because they've never been introduced to Delta 8 liposomal or these formulas like uh, these ones that I've created that have a, a synergetic uh, effect with the spagyrics and, you know, with Manuka honey for quick absorption. So. I'm very excited for the launch of this. It's been over a year in coming, so it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Labels are here. Mm -hmm. Just uh, I mean, they they should be arriving today uh, to see, and then uh, just a matter of moving forward. New moon? And yeah. then yeah. <laughs> so everyone, please uh, please make sure to check us out on YouTube. Uh, just search for Owls TV Delta Eight, and. Um, Thank you very much, Madhava, for spending some time with us here today. And uh, this agar wood, just before you finish up, is, you know, if, if you've ever used um, sage or, uh, there's a lot of other different smells, but this is, with this specifically, there's a uniqueness to the smell that's just very pleasant and really like just relaxes you and calms you but um we live in a high-tech modern world it has a quality that's like so ancient it's like this mm. wild wood from the forest that has the immune system of the plant photographed at a time of darkness and despair when this fungus is taking over the tree it it brings it i call it like an avatar it, it creates a uh special chemical that was never there before just as a divine protection for this plant and so it's it's really a, a miracle of nature so we, we we will have some uh hopefully some some carts vip special order i think and uh some limited edition saffron elixirs maybe with some of the some of the oud sweet all right let's leave it there thanks a million
You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. 